Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. So I want to talk this morning about joy. That's why I said I've got the joy. Amen. We sang that song, Joy to the World. And uh, I was thinking about how important this is this week uh, as a tragedy that I'm going to mention in just a moment. But I want to just tell you this morning that I knew this lady who had the joy. How many know somebody and you go, man, they just got the joy? Anybody ever met somebody like that? How many want to be that person? That someone looks at you and they go, they just got the joy. Well, this lady was so full of joy, and she didn't matter what she was going through in her life, she was happy. She'd come out on her front little deck of her little porch every morning, and she'd lift her hands in the air, and she'd say, Lord, I'm so joyful, and I just praise you for this day. You're such an awesome God. And she would do that every single morning. And every single morning she'd come out and say it again, Lord, I'm just so joyful, and I just praise you. You're such an awesome God. And she lived next door to an atheist. And this atheist was getting very annoyed with her coming out every single morning and saying, Lord, I'm just so joyful, and I'm so thankful for who you are. I praise you. And so he, as, he, as that got on his, on his nerves, one day she's out there, and she says, Lord, I praise you. I'm just so joyful, and I thank you that you're so amazing, but I need some groceries. I'm a little low on groceries, Lord. Would you please take care of my needs? I praise you for it. And she goes back inside. The next day, she comes out, and she sees a bag full of groceries on her porch. And she says the same thing she said every single day. Lord, I praise you. I'm so joyful. I'm so thankful. You're such an awesome God, and thank you for providing these these groceries for me. So the atheist jumps out the bushes and says, aha, those are not from God. I bought those groceries. You think God supplied those for you? I went to the grocery store. I put the groceries in the basket. I went to the front of the line. I pulled out my credit card, and I paid for those groceries. Those groceries are not from God. They're from me. There is no God. And she looks at him and looks up again and says, Lord, thank you. I'm so joyful. I just praise you and thank you for providing these gifts, these groceries for me, and making the devil pay for them. Amen. Has the devil paid for anything for you? Has God sent somebody to take care of you and use the devil to do it? I have seen that many, many, many times in my life. Amen? Let's open our books, Bibles to Luke chapter 2 and tell the person next to you, God's got a good word for you. Amen? How many came for a word? How many love the word of God? Is there anybody in here that loves the word of God? I can't speak for you, but I love the word of God. And it is what changed me. It's what teaches me. It's what grows me. It's what gives me my answers. We're going to read a little story here from the Bible that we've heard over and over again. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And we're going to put an emphasis on joy. Now it says, they were in the same country, shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said, do not be afraid. And I say to you this morning, do not be afraid. 
We know when we read the Bible, church, we need to make it for today. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings. If you don't know what good tidings is, it's good news of great joy. Not just joy, but great joy. How many want to have great joy this morning? Not just joy, but great joy. If the Bible says I can have it, I can have it. It says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to just a few folks. Just making sure you're reading. What does it say? To all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now that verse there, church, that's the only place in the whole Bible you see Savior and Christ and Lord together. It's a very powerful verse, and it is a prophecy that has changed my life this morning. Has it changed anybody else's? And then it goes on to say in verse 12, And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. That was an Old Testament prophecy that came to pass. Father, I pray this morning that you anoint your word. I pray for a few minutes, Lord, that you would arrest our minds. Lord, that you would touch every single one of us that are here this morning. Those that are watching online, Lord, because they couldn't make it this morning, touch them, speak to them. Lord, break chains of depression and situations off of people's lives and let them experience the true joy of the Lord to this world this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? This week, I don't know if you noticed on the news, uh, there was a tragic death of a uh, a TV uh, personality. Uh, that they call Twitch. I, di- I didn't know who he was, but I've, I've seen him. And uh, very sad, very tragic. It broke my heart, and I think as Christians, these things should break our hearts as believers who care about souls. And uh, he took his own life, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday. And the sad thing is, is he was 40 years old with three beautiful kids, a wife, and a very successful life. Lived in a $4 million mansion and drove himself to a cheap hotel and took a gun and took his life. The saddest thing is, is that just a three days before he took his life, he had just celebrated his ninth anniversary. And just the day before he took his life, Carla showed me on, on Instagram, him and his wife doing some kind of dance together, smiling, happy. All the pictures were smiling. All the pictures were happy. How can somebody go from smiling and happy one day to taking their life the next day? It's called the spirit of depression and the spirit of suicide. And it's a very strong spirit, church. And it's not from God. Can you say amen? God wants us to be joyful. And we need to understand, you've heard him say it on TV all week and different things, that we need to understand that just because somebody looks a certain way on the outside doesn't mean that they're good on the inside. But I want to talk to you this morning about a joy that can come from God that doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It's something that's on the inside. It's the exact opposite of what the world can do, and it's something that only comes from God. As we sang that song, Joy to the World, this morning, I love that song. It's a powerful song. That man that wrote that song is named Isaac Watts. And he, he wrote that song in the early 1700s, and he actually wrote about 750 different hymn songs. So he was greatly anointed, and his words were very powerful because he did not say joy to the United States. 
He did not say joy to uh, a Caucasian person or a black person or an Asian person because this joy that comes from the Lord is not a racial joy. He did not say it to the West because it's not a cultural joy. He did not say joy to the rich because it's not a financial joy. He did not say joy to the educated because it's not an intellectual joy. He did not say joy to the happy because it's not an emotional joy. He did not say joy to the healthy because it's not a physical joy. The joy that comes from the Lord is a joy that's inside and can only come from the understanding that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sake sins and my sins and it doesn't matter what's going on the outside and it's joy to the whole world the greatest event in history is when Jesus came down from heaven and was born prophetically in that manger in poverty and humility to live that perfect life so that we could be saved this morning can I get an amen joy to the world. Did you know this morning that being joyful is good for your health? Very good for your health. It's scientifically proven, it's studied that being joyful gives you better heart condition, better uh, blood pressure, b- better uh, cholesterol. All these different things have been proven that when a person is joyful, they are healthier. And so the opposite of that is what? Sickness and depression. And sadness, and we're living in a time right now of Christmas time where there may be some of you today that this is not the most wonderful time of the year. I love Christmas. I love Christmas time. I have the microphone. I'm speaking for me. Part of it because I love when it's cold. I love, I love the music. I love the lights. I love that people seem to be a, more, a little more friendly. I can't lie. I love the food. Amen. I love the festivities. But more than anything, I love what we celebrate, which is Christ coming to this earth. And so it is a wonderful time of the year, but for some people it's a depressing time. Some people have lost loved ones. Some people uh, had difficult times around Christmas. Some people had bad Christmases growing up. So this is something I want to talk about because I want you to enjoy this week of Christmas, and I want you to look at it from a different perspective the way I believe God wants you to look at this. Now I'm going to read a little bit here. Some things about joy, because this joy that I'm talking about this morning is not a joy that the world understands. This is a joy that comes from inside. And I even want to tell you that it's not so much something that you see. Although a lot of times we should connect our smile with our feelings. If we're joyful inside, we should let that come out. Amen? And we do know that statistically, you've heard this before, it takes 72 muscles to frown and only 14 to smile. So everybody smile at me. You have beautiful smiles, amen? And and it takes a lot less muscles to do that than it does to frown. So it's easier to smile than it is to frown. But the fact is, a lot of people can put a smile on their face and not have the joy of the Lord. And there can be people who are not necessarily shouting and screaming and excited, but there's something inside of them that's called the joy of the Lord that makes them immovable, steadfast, and set on a rock. As I read about joy, I got into a little bit of the depth of the word, and it means inner gladness, a deep-seated pleasure. 
it is a depth and assurance, listen, and a confidence that ignites a cheerful heart. See, today a lot of people's joy is coming from the situation or the circumstances that they're living in. People aren't joyful today because they see the world's economy. People aren't joyful today because they they see the, the problems in the world. But this is a joy that doesn't come from what you see. A cheerful heart leads to cheerful behavior. Joy is not an experience, listen, that comes from favorable circumstances, but it is a gift from God to believers. Can I say that again? It is a gift from God to believers. I was talking to somebody who got the joy in the first service and were crying tears of joy after the first service. And, and I told that person, and they, and they understood because they had experienced it, you can't buy this joy. You can't, you can't understand this joy unless you've experienced it. And the only way you can experience the joy that I'm talking about this morning is knowing Jesus Christ. Amen. Joy is a part of God's very essence, and, is this, and, and as we see here in the scriptures, and we're going to see some more, it's supernatural. How many would like to have the supernatural joy of the Lord? This, you're going to get this. Joy is the deep down sense and understanding that abides in the heart of a person, listen, who knows all is well between them and God. I, yeah, I heard somebody get that over here. It's an inner joy and an understanding that I'm right with God. And so when I'm right with God, nothing else matters. But the flip side of that today is you have lots of people who are right with everything else and wrong with God. They have the money. They have the fame. They have the family. They have all these things, but there's something missing. I don't know the story of this man. I don't know what he was thinking when this happened. But in the world's standards, he had a $4 million house, a model wife, beautiful kids, everything money could want. Why would you take your life? Because he didn't have true joy. And today the world, and it's sad, the world is trying to find their joy in things. Today, you don't have to have joy because of what you have or don't have in your bank account. You don't have to have joy because of how you feel or don't feel. This is a joy that comes simply and only from knowing that Jesus Christ has done something in your life and that you're going someplace that's not here and you're going to a place that Jesus said, I go to prepare for you and where I'll be, you'll be also. And that place is a place where the gold, the streets are paved with gold. I've got a mansion somewhere over a hilltop. I'm not of this world. When you love this world, you're not going to have true joy. But when you realize you're just passing through, joy is a thing that is inside of you. Amen? Happiness happens, but joy lasts. Did y'all get that? See, the way we're wired is we're going to have a joyful Christmas if the food's good and we get the gift we wanted and everything falls into place the way we want it, that, that's the way we're wired. Do I have any honest people in here this morning? Let me see if you're an honest, you consider yourself an honest person. How many of you used to go look at the gifts underneath the tree? Honest people? See, see how many you had? I know with me it was a competition. I wanted to see if I had more Blakes than Beckys and Brads. 
And it I didn't even really matter what was in there as long as I had more. As we started to pass around the gifts at Christmas time, we'd go one person at a time. And I would pride myself if I had more, more presents. I was dumb enough to not understand that if my brother had a bike and I had three little gifts, he actually had better gifts than I did. But I was just in, interested in the number. Amen? And that's the way some people's Christmas is. What gifts did I get? Or, 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 or am I being successful? Or, or is my is this or that? And, and, and the world is chasing that today. And you know, what's really sad is this man is on TV and he's a well-known person. And so his story was publicized. But how many thousands and possibly hundreds of thousands of people took their lives this week that nobody knows about? That the world would consider a nobody. But how many know that we're in, a, we're in a place this morning where the nobodies are somebodies? I think they got that over here. Y'all missed it. We're in a place this morning where the nobodies are somebodies. Because in the world we look for, uh, you know, fame and, and admiration and, and I know this person and I know that person. But see, when we're saved, we understand we know the person. Amen. We know what really matters. So deep down sense of a well-being that my heart is right with God gives me a joy that, ha- that abides and doesn't just happen. Here's Webster's Dictionary of what joy means. This is the world's definition, not the biblical. It says an emotional pleasure arising from present or expected good. So some kids or some people are joyful this week because they're expecting some gift. They're looking forward to something coming to them or something happening. But I want you to know something. What happens when things aren't good at your job? What happens when things aren't well with your kids? What happens when things aren't going well with your health? You don't feel good physically. Do those things, don't answer it out loud, but do those things affect your joy? If those things affect your joy, then you don't have the joy that the Lord wants you to have. Nehemiah said that the joy of the Lord is my what? Can somebody finish that for me? Strength. So if I have joy, I'm strong. If I'm depressed, I'm weak. The devil wants you to be weak. The devil wants you to focus your life and your well-being and your happiness on the things you have And Jesus wants you to focus your life and your happiness on who he is. So I'm not expecting or waiting for something that's coming. My joy, listen this morning, my joy comes from something that already happened. 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to the cross and he paid the price of my sins. And then he came out of the grave and ascended to the right hand of the Father. And today I have a joy in my heart that comes from the salvation that Jesus gave me. Can I get an amen? So Wester's dictionary definition can be affected by circumstances. It's an emotional pleasure. It's something that comes from, if I can just get this new job, I'll be happy. If I can just get this newest game or this newest pair of shoes or if I can just buy a house or if I can just get that, per, that raise or that promotion, if I can just get this, this, this person to respect me, we're always chasing something and never satisfied. How many times do we have to listen to the world tell us money doesn't make you happy? 
there's a, a famous sportsman, you know, I like sports that I, I quote a lot because I, I listened to his life. He, he was, he's really known right now because he's a, a coach and he's, he's coaching um, football. But his name is Deion Sanders. He played football and baseball. Only person to ever play two professional sports in one day. He went from one stadium to the other. That's pretty talented. Made millions and millions and millions of dollars. Calls himself prime time. He's, he's, he's a pretty confident person, to say the least. And this man tells his testimony that he gave his life to Jesus. But before he met Jesus, he was chasing money. He was chasing fame. And he said, I would, I would go to the store and I would spend $10,000 on a bedroom suit, a bed and dressers and mirrors. And, and I'd go home and sleep, try to sleep at night. And in that expensive bedroom suit, I couldn't get any rest. He said, I'd go to the store and pull out cash and pay two or $3,000 for the finest shoes. But I wouldn't know where I was walking. And he said, one day... I felt if I could just go buy a Ferrari cash. He got all his money in a bag, in a duffel bag, walked into a dealership, dropped the two or $300,000 in a bag on the ground, and paid cash for a Ferrari. He thought, this is going to make me happy. He started it up and drove to the edge of the parking lot, and his heart sunk. And he says, as soon as I got to the edge of the parking lot, I realized that that, that two or $300,000 Ferrari wasn't going to make me happy. And he went and tried to drive it off a bridge and kill himself. How many times do we have to, if this man could come back today and tell us why he took his life, he would be talking about things that don't matter. Things that the world is chasing. Things that we think is going to make us happy. You've got to get to a place. God wants you to get to a place today that you experience the joy that came to this world 2,000 years ago that money cannot buy. Money cannot buy it. If you, I want you to understand that every single one of us in here are filthy rich. Tell, tell the person next to you, you're filthy rich. Make sure you say the rich part. I heard some of you take off the rich part. You filthy. Come on, man. Shot at me. You filthy rich. You know why? Because we have Jesus. We're richer than any person on this earth because of Jesus. And you're going to see that in a moment here in the scriptures. I'm going to show you. But I want you to know as this true joy comes from the Lord, it happens because of when those words were spoken by Jesus on the cross, joy came into the world when he said, it is finished. That's when true joy came to the world. That, that there had been joy before, but the truest joy that's ever been experienced happened when he said, it is finished. How many are going through something right now? Let me see your hand. You're going through something. How many just came out of something? How many realize you're about to go into something? Amen? That's the cycle of life. And we go through some things, and we allow too much, church, as overcoming believers, we allow things to affect us too much. And we need to understand what the Word says, and there are some times of great trial and great sadness and great pain. But the Bible has promises in it like this. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. This will pass. This problem will be finished. This problem will be fixed. Weeping may endure. I like that it says weeping doesn't endure for months. Is anybody thankful for that? 
He doesn't say, hey, this is going to be about three or four months. Hold on. He said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And you know why joy comes in the morning? Because you have the right attitude about the word of God. And you understand that God's word can affect your circumstances. Amen. There's only one thing, church, listen again. If you don't get anything else out of this message, that could give you true joy. It's Jesus. A relationship with Jesus. Not just a knowledge of Jesus, but an understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus did for you. Now I want to look at John chapter 15. This is the, mess, the most uh, important part of the text. This is the text of the message. John chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 5 to 15. How can I have fullness of joy? I believe that God wants every single one of us to have fullness of joy this morning. He wants us to be happy in him. Here's how. Verse 5. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me, or another word for abide is remains, or another word for that is stay close. He who stays close to me and I in him bears much fruit. You might not know it this morning, but you want to bear fruit. Just in case you didn't know it. We, we need to bear fruit. Bearing fruit is our works of what we do because we're thankful for our salvation. And what we will be rewarded for is our fruit. So we must bear much fruit. And, and to, to bear fruit and be successful in the ministry, we have to have the joy of the Lord. And he says, for without me, and this is the key. This is the key to the whole message. Without Jesus, you can do nothing. Nothing. But what's the flip side of that? Through Christ, I can do all things because he strengthens me. So when you get that revelation that it's you and Jesus, God will begin to do something in your spirit and in your heart. And that spirit of depression and that spirit of anxiety and that spirit of fear will leave your life. And in the name of Jesus, it will never come back again. Amen? Because it's not God's will for his children to have those spirits around them. Now, they're going to come, and they're going to hover, and they're going to try to hang out. But what does James say? Resist the devil, and he'll what? And he'll flee in seven directions. So it says, without me, you can do nothing. Verse 7. Next verse. Not going? Stuck? If you abide in me, and my words, this is key, in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. How many would like to ask something of God today and it be done? If you abide in him, it's a promise. Keep reading. By this, my Father's glorified. Here's another nugget for you. When you do something that glorifies God or God does something for you and you glorify God, he'll do it more often. Everything you do should be to glorify God. And that you would bear much fruit and then you will be my disciples, and as the Father loved me, I also loved you. See, people are looking for love today. We have the greatest love already from God. Do you, are you reading the words that I am? Jeez, this is the red letter. He says, as the Father loved me, can you even fathom how much God loved Jesus? 
as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. He says, abide or remain or stay close in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you that my joy, here's the go, here we go, that my joy, not joy from the world, not joy from possessions, not joy from, from, from relationships. He says, my joy, this is what you got to understand. There's a joy that is different from anything this world can give you. And he says, will remain in you and that your joy may be half full. How many want full joy? When it's a good thing, you want full. Someone's going to fill up your gas tank, you want full. Right? If it's a bad thing, half's okay. But when it's a good thing, you want full. I want God's full joy. If I can have God's full joy today, why wouldn't I have it? If God says you can have full joy, why don't we get full joy this morning? So he says, I've spoken these things so that you can have my joy. And he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Do you realize that Jesus is calling you a friend? In our, in our, in, I'm just putting myself here, in our lives... We have people, whether we like it or not, that we admire, look up to, think are great. Whether it's a sports person, a singer, an actor, uh, what, a successful business person, whatever it is. We all are we're wired to admire. Of course, we're really wired to admire the Lord, but our affections go towards other people. And we admire different people. And, and we think, man, if I could just meet that person. Can you imagine if that famous person that you're thinking of right now and somebody popped into your head, called you on the phone and said, hey, tonight at 7 p.m., I'm sending my jet over to pick you up. I want to fly you in and have the, spend the week, Christmas week with me. And How many know you'd be excited if that person you looked up to and admired called you and said, I want to spend the week with you in my house? Right? Any honest people here? I got news for you. Someone greater than that called Jesus, calls you his friend. That's a reason to be happy. Amen? Jesus calls you friend. The master of the universe, the creator of the world, knows your name and has a plan and a purpose for you, and that should make you happy, but it's a joy that comes from inside, not from the outside. Amen? No one, no greater love than this that someone have than to lay down his life for his friends. Now let's finish right here in 14 and 15. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all the things I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. See, we don't, we don't really understand how much Jesus loves us. If we really understood how much Jesus loves us, we wouldn't get depressed. If we really understood how much Jesus loves us, we wouldn't let fear come into our lives. But I'm going to teach you three things this morning to help you remain in the joy of the Lord. Because that joy is there for the taking. Number one, and these are all in these scriptures that we just read, 5 through 15. Number one is you got to stay close to Jesus. 
When you begin to lose your joy, it's because you're hanging out with the wrong people. When you begin to lose your joy, it's because Jesus is no longer your focal point. Jesus has become a sidekick or a friend on the side or someone that you go to for for counsel or for help, but he's not your best friend. When he's your best friend, your joy is full. When he's number one, when he is the article of your affection, your joy is full. And God created us that way, and he says, I don't share my glory with anybody. So I need you to make me number one. And when I abide in Jesus and I stay close to Jesus, and Jesus is the author and the finisher of my faith, then my joy is full. This is why, church, we lift our hands, close our eyes, and worship Jesus. Because I can look up to the heavens, and I can close my eyes, and I can believe in a God that I don't see in my physical eyes, but I feel and see and know in my spirit. And I lift up my hands so that I don't put my hands in the situation. Because when I put my hands in the situation, I mess things up. So I lift up my hands, I close my eyes, and I worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. And I realize, Jesus, you are the author and the finisher of my faith. It's not my will be done, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if I'm doing what you want me to do, and I'm focused on you and not looking around at this world or my circumstances, I am going to be full of a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. And nothing on this world is going to affect me. We got to get our eyes on Jesus and abide in who he is. And the way we know who he is is number two, you abide in his word. You cannot know Jesus if you don't know the word. It's not a head knowledge. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you must abide in the word of God. The word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. When I get depressed, when the last time you got depressed, did you go to the Bible? Did you go to his word or did you go to the phone? Did you call a friend? Did you call a neighbor? Did you go do something or did you go to the Word? Because the Word has the answer. The Word is how I stay in joy. He says that in, this, in these verses. He says, abide in me. He, Jesus said, I am, the, I am the Word. I am the verb. So when I abide in Jesus, I abide in his Word. When I abide in his Word, his joy ab- remains in me. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence is fullness of joy. How can you be in the presence of Jesus Christ and not be happy? How? It's impossible. When you're not happy and you're not full of joy, and I'm talking about that inner joy, it's because you're not with Jesus. When you're with Jesus, everything's okay. You think about some people in the Bible like Paul and Silas. You think about people like Jonah. You think about these different people in the Bible who went through horrible things. How is it possible that Paul and Silas could sing a song of worship in a prison, chained up and flogged, and thanking God for the opportunity to preach the gospel if it wasn't for the joy of the Lord? Amen. Next time you're in a bad situation, do what Paul and Silas did. Lift up a praise. Lift up a worship. 
that, 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 and it doesn't have to be, I don't think, I said this in the first service, I don't think they were probably smiling all big and putting on this fake smile and doing jumping jacks. They were happy inside. They were worshiping Jesus from inside because they knew that the cell that they were in was temporary. Tell the person next to you, this too shall pass. Just like the last problem did. But when you're in the problem, you magnify the problem. And when you magnify the problem, the problem gets bigger instead of smaller. But when you glorify God and you say, Lord, this problem is temporary and I've got a permanent plan for you. For, you've got a permanent plan for me. You can overlook that situation and get over it and get out of it because it's not going to last forever. Again, weeping will come for a night, but joy comes in the morning. This situation is going to get better. And God is pleased by what? Can somebody shout out what pleases God? Faith. It says it is impossible to please God without faith. So when I'm in a difficult situation and I express faith, God is pleased. He's looking. Is it possible that God is testing you this morning to see where your joy is and where your happiness is? Is it connected to things or is it connected to him? Now, the last thing, number three, is you abide in his love. When was the last time you stopped and thought how much Jesus loves you? We don't deserve salvation this morning. We don't deserve forgiveness of our sins. We don't even deserve to be here this morning. But we think about the love that Jesus had on that cross for us. And church, he has this. This is crazy. He has the same love for you and I that believe in him for the people who reject him. He died on that cross whether you were going to accept him or not. Love. So I abide in his word. I abide in him. And I abide in his love. When I get away from those things, that's when I get in trouble. Now I want to give you, as the musicians come this morning, just a few things to think about that can make you happy. How many would like to have the fullness of joy and then maximize that joy? Like take it to the max. Two people. That's all I need. We as believers, listen, can maximize our joy. Some of these are going to surprise you. Some of them are going to be obvious. One of the ways you can maximize your joy is by repenting. Repentance brings joy. A repentive heart. A heart that says, God, I don't want to sin against you. I'm going to hide your word so I don't sin against you. Here's another way. Having hope of future glory. Church, this life is short. Eternity is forever. This is going to pass. This is just temporary. God is in heaven right now. And Jesus said, I went to prepare a place for you. And he's going to come back for us. And every time that sun goes down and comes back up and goes down again and a day goes by, we are one day closer to seeing the king. And that ought to make somebody in here happy this morning because I'm ready to see the king. Amen? I'm ready to see Jesus. So every night that comes that weeping happens and joy comes in the morning, the joy comes because I'm one day closer to the return of Jesus. God's word brings maximized joy. You can read that word and God can speak to you what's called a rhema word. That means it's a revelation to you. 
Have you ever read something before and you read it again and the second time you read it or the last time you read it, it said something you've never seen before? That's how you see that the word of God is living and sharper than any two-edged sword because it will, it will bring joy to you. You can be in a horrible situation and God will give you an answer how to get out through that word and it brings joy. Another one is being in the presence and the fellowship of other believers. That's why we say it's so important to come to church. He said, don't forsake the assembling together of yourselves because when you get around other people, there's a joy in that. What the devil wants is people to stay home and watch the service online and get isolated. That's what his plan was with COVID. Get everybody home on their own, by themselves, on an island so that he can attack them. Here's a big one, church. You know what really makes you happy? You might not know it, but it really makes you joyful is to get people saved. Conversions. Looking around in this building and looking over at someone across the way and saying, I brought them into church. That person came because I invited them. That person came because I gave them a track or I met them at the store or I met them at the, at, the, at the gas station and they came in and met Jesus. J conversion brings joy. Seeing other people get saved. It's an addiction. Here's, here's another one. Giving. Giving brings joy. It maximizes joy. It's better to give than to receive. And then this is, these are all in the Bible. I didn't have time to give you the verses. This one's good too. It's the last one. It says, when you see other people, you have touched making it for Jesus. That gives you joy. To see other people doing things for God gives you joy. Amen? Bow, bow your heads this morning and close your eyes if you would. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to read one last verse. And I want you to listen to this verse closely. It says in Romans 15, 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Listen closely. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, and then it says, in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Church, the only way you can really know the joy of the Lord is to believe. Not to show up at church, not to carry a Bible in your hand, but to truly believe. Do you truly believe this morning that your name is written in the book of life? Do you truly believe this morning that greater is he that is in us than the devil that's in this world. Do you truly believe when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will lift up a standard against it? Do you truly believe that joy can come tomorrow morning? Weeping has been enduring for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Father, as these men and women have their heads bowed and eyes closed and they're listening to your voice, speak to them this morning. Break the chains of darkness and depression and fear and anxiety and loneliness off of their lives. It is not your will for us to be sad. It is not your will for us to be down. It is your will for us to have a joy that is unspeakable and is full of glory. 
inexpressible joy. Joy that does not come from finances or physical feelings or emotions, but it comes from who you are in us. All across this place, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, those that are watching online or listening on the podcast, have you believed? Do you truly believe that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life? Do you truly believe that he died on the cross for your sins? Do you truly believe that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins? This morning, if you're here and you've never believed, see in that verse, it said Christ, the Savior, and Lord. You can't change if Jesus is the Christ, because he is. You can't change that Jesus is the Savior, because he is. But only you can make him Lord of your life. And that's what God wants. God doesn't want religion. He wants mastership. He wants lordship. He wants to be everything to you. He wants your every thought and movement and being to be in him. And he's knocking, the Bible says this morning, on the door of your heart, Revelations chapter 3. And it says if you'll open the door, he will come in. And it says this word, sup with you. He'll come in and eat with you. He'll come in and dine with you. He'll come in and form a relationship with you. But you've got to open up the door. You've got to let him in. He's knocking. If you've never done that before, how many in this place could say, I've never put my faith in Jesus Christ and made him Lord? Not just believed in him, but made him Lord and master of my life. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you this morning. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. That's me. Maybe you're here and you've said that prayer. You believe in him with all your heart. But if you're honest today with God, this is between you and the Lord. Today you're not living the life of obedience and surrender and lordship that God is asking you for. And that's probably why your joy is not full. Because you're not abiding in Jesus. You're not abiding in his word. You're not abiding in his love. You're doing things your way. Today you can be honest with God and just come to this altar today and say, Lord, I want to abide in you. I want to abide in your word. He who abides in the shadow of the Almighty. His presence is here. His word is here. His truth is here this morning. And he wants to, he wants to fill you with joy unspeakable and full of glory. As we stand all across this place, we're going to open up these altars. We're going to spend a few minutes with the Lord, and I want to bind and rebuke and break the chain off of any person in here today that battles with any kind of depression, any kind of loneliness, any kind of uh, a spirit that attacks your joy and, and robs you of your strength. And I want you to get a revelation today that it is an inward truth, an inward joy that nobody can rob you of. See, when it's inside, circumstances can't affect it because it's joy that comes from knowing who Jesus is. 
Before we come forth, I want to say a prayer for those watching online. There may be somebody or people watching right now, listening online, that are not saved. And they need to be born again today. I want you to say this with me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I admit that. I need a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you came down from heaven as a perfect sacrifice and lived a perfect life and died on the cross for all of my sins. I ask you to forgive me and wash me clean. I believe you rose from the dead and you ascended into heaven and you have the keys to death and hell and the grave. Today I surrender to you. I give you my life. Take control. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.